John 14, 22 through 30. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. When the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Welcome to the Bridgeway Christian Church Daily Advent Devotional for Thursday, December 24th, 2020. My name is Candace Lampfear, and I serve as the middle school administrator and the young adults worship leader here at Bridgeway. What do you think of when you hear the word comfort? So there's this app called Pinterest. I may or may not have a slight dependence on it to where during our 40-day fast last month, I might have fasted all social media except this one. For those of you unaware of the amazingness of Pinterest, it's a site where you can look up do-it-yourself projects, recipes, and travel blogs. But the major hit for me is to scroll through the photography on the homepage and I pin or save the things that just capture my aesthetic, the things that feel and look like me, and I sort them into different categories. The more you do this, the more your homepage starts to cater to what you think you would like. It's pretty accurate. I have a whole board I entitled, This Makes Me Feel Good, filled with photographs of dewy meadows, forest paths, and windows with raindrops on them. Because those images, whether in person or on my phone, make me feel good. Somehow this app now knows me because my homepage is filled with these kinds of suggestions for me. Creepy? Maybe. <laughs> if I'm honest, it has been a recent coping mechanism that allows me to see beauty when my mind feels a bit jumbled. I might not be able to get out for a hike in the middle of a workday, but at the touch of my finger, I could have a rush of nostalgia and wonder that these photographs bring. I'm an emotional person with a very analytical mind, and I've been learning to see these things as a gift rather than categorize myself as the over-emotional, over-analytical version of a Candace. Therefore, the option to sort and sift through only good things rather than trying to sift through the warfare my mind can bring at times is the form of a sigh of relief I choose to take. Because the hard truth is not everything has a safe and solid place to be understood or categorized in our minds in the chaos of this world. So does comfort look like the Pinterest board I've entitled Cozy and Comfy? Photographs of loved ones I don't actually know cuddled by a fire, bundled up with knitted blankets under the twinkling string lights with a mug full of Earl Grey and hot cocoa fill my mind. Very Christmas-esque. I've come to realize when I'm in a place where I need real comfort, these images don't spark any kind of soothing feeling. Encouraging quotes feel like empty words. A pat on the back does not register as a job well done. It looks a whole lot more like a dark, cavernous, murky place where it feels like nothing can touch me because inside feels so alone and so deep in there that it's unseeable to the human eye, therefore it seems unreachable. As Christians, we know hope is real. As Christians, we know hope is real because we cognitively understand what Jesus has done. 
But when we're in that pit, the guilt feels even more real because we just aren't grasping the big picture. We wonder what's wrong with us to where his love is not quite making the impact on our emotions as it's had on us before. It feels unfathomable to ask for help. In all of this, is there a way to really have his love that actually comforts? How do we tap into it? In the verses we just read, we realize just how personal Jesus is. He is comforting his disciples after letting them know that he's not going to be with them much longer. Having loved a friend and mentor for three years, following him day by day wherever he went, and then having him remind them of this news that he is going to die and not be with them anymore, and telling them to take it seriously this time. Think of the questions they had. Think of the devastation when it actually took place. As I've been reading through the book of John this last season, I've realized the amount of grief his disciples must have faced. They got to walk side by side in person with Jesus, God himself. I don't think they quite realized the grief that they would experience at the time Jesus told them this. But I think they definitely did later when all he said came true. And even more and more grief continued in their way. They were the ones who watched him heal people with diseases and broken bodies, and they did it too. They saw him cast out demons. They listened as he spoke messages that gathered thousands. But they were also the ones that ate meals together. They slept in the same houses on their travels. They knew each other's family. They felt connection with him, even in his humanness, as he knew things about them that no one else could possibly ever know. Imagine the private one-on-one conversations that took place that weren't written down for us to read. They were the ones who watched him die on a cross. They saw the sky get dark and felt the earth shake. They all went off in different directions trying to figure it all out. But then they were the ones that felt the excitement and the doubt when Mary came running to them with the news that he raised from the dead. They had breakfast with him on the shore. They saw the holes in his hands and felt the warmth of his hug. They had him for 40 more days, only to lose him again as they then watched him ascend to heaven. They were put in jail and had secret churches and watched their friends die to get the truth of Jesus' gospel out. I understand grief, but I don't think I could fathom that kind of grief. They were losing that Jesus, the God who they got to walk with in the flesh for a time. And as he comforts them by saying he would send a helper to those who love him, That helper wasn't just for they who loved him, but he's for us today who love him. He has given us the same Holy Spirit that they got. We get to walk with him daily inside of us, and he is known as our advocate, counselor, and our comforter. There's a story in the book of Genesis about a woman who was left feeling extremely hurt by a couple that we would deem heroes in the Bible and faith. Their names were Abraham and Sarah, and she was their servant who was pregnant with their own attempts at creating the son God promised them. Her name was Hagar. In a moment of pure heartbreak after feeling used and abused, she runs away and is alone crying at a spring of water. She felt she had no one in her life to comfort her. She felt she was out of options and out of hope, but God meets her there. He knows her by name, tells her what will happen, blesses her, and sends her back to where she will be looked after. She said to him, You are a God I've seen, for she said, Truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. The well was then called the living one who sees me. Again, how do we tap into that comfort that we know God really is, but we just aren't feeling? We realize he's with us. We let him in and we let him be with us. We let him be known and the one who knows us. 
Jesus' very name means God with us, Emmanuel, and for those who love him, we get the gift of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, wherever we are, even if we're stuck inside of ourselves sometimes. Where have we been sitting lately? Are we sitting by that fire with our cozy socks surrounded with our friends and family this Christmas? Cozy, comfort. Or are we sitting in despair, our grief, loneliness, pain, and heartbreak? I want you to hear me very clear. Neither are wrong. There's no shame in needing comfort. Jesus wouldn't have needed to send a comforter if he didn't know this world would be hard. There's a choice to let the one who comforts comfort or to not. And I may be stating the obvious, but one does tend to feel warm while the other tends to feel very cold and isolated. I don't know how I can convince you or myself to move from the cold into the warmth. Holding on to that sadness feels like comfort in and of itself sometimes. There's a familiarity, but I also know the danger of staying there. So here's what I have to remember even when I can't feel the realness of it all. There's one person, one God, that I have to not let myself be embarrassed to see me as I am in those dark places because he already knows that I'm there. And he's already with me. Psalm 34, 18 says, He is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. He is the invisible God that meets me in my invisible places. I know it when I acknowledge him. He's the one who understands when my mind starts to spiral and I can't see outside of the pit I've dug. He's the God who's with me wherever I go. He sits with me. If I allow him space to speak, I start to listen to his truth and promises he has for me. I am the God who sees you. You are my beloved. You could cast your cares on me because I care for you. Nothing can separate you from my love. He then gets up and climbs out of that pit and offers a hand to pull me out. I take it and I come out of myself. The process of seeing the world around me as bleak slowly starts to become more vivid through his eyes. I see more than just the dark caverns in my mind. I see his creation. I realize what I have and not just what I don't. A love that really comforts is being seen and known by a God who's the only one who could ever see and know everything about us and still love us. And that causes me to see and know him and others and live from that identity. Yes, like my Pinterest, I find comfort sometimes in my analytical brain to sift and sort things. I try to understand the intent of seriously everything, but sometimes some things can't be fully understood. Yes, I find comfort in feeling big, beautiful things, but sometimes those feelings are overcrowded and overwhelmed with big, terrible things. All of that unsureness to me has a big old unsteady feeling to it. It's opposite of comfort. But God's love is so, so steady. He says, never will I leave you, never will I abandon you. His love is so deep and so wide that we can't quite ever fully understand it, but we are reassured that we are fully known in the midst of it. Although our minds by themselves may never be the safest place to sift and sort through every area of life, we have access to be in relationship with the one who knows it all. We can sift and sort through the things that we can't practically do in the hands of the Father who can take care of it in his best way. We can trust him with the outcome because we know his nature is good. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit inside of us is goodness. 
I don't think it's the kind of goodness that we think of that just means being a good little boy or girl so we can get a toy in our stocking instead of coal. No, it's his goodness that starts to rub off on our perspectives, our situations, our hearts. So no matter what we go through or the things we do wrong, we can have full faith, even if we feel discomfort and pain right now, that it's in his nature to turn it to good. For those who love him and are called according to his purposes, we could find real comfort in that. A lot of people know me as joyous, and that's very true. (laughs) But I also understand very deeply what sorrow feels like. Meeting people in their pain is one of my favorite joys, as ironic as that sounds, because God is with us all, loving, comforting, and reminding us that we're not alone. We have an invisible God who meets us in those invisible places. And then we have people in the flesh that we could touch, see, and hear right here in this world we live in. With the Holy Spirit in us, we can live out the God who sees me through one another. We can point others to Jesus, God with us, and remind each other to be aware that he is actually here. We get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We get to be the person that envelops someone in a hug so they don't have to be awkward and ask for it. We can be the person to open up our home and create a meal and a safe spot to process. We get to be that voice of truth that sees people and invites them into his warmth and encouragement with our words. With his help, we can climb out of ourselves and start leaning into noticing others. When we do that, we start to realize the Holy Spirit causes us to notice a whole lot. The person that lives under our same roof can need that I see you from God just as much as a person that lives without a roof. We are invited to be the voice of our invisible God speaking into those invisible places reminding others how real he actually is. We put a face to his love and remind them how seen by him they really are. Even in our discomfort, somehow God provides his comfort through us as we step out in faith. We can speak. We can speak and act out of the true love that really comforts. We can overflow out of the identity of being known by the God who sees us. He reaches deeper than anyone can. We don't grieve like others with no hope because, like my boss, Pastor Ryan, says, we know hope himself. He knows me better than my Pinterest knows my aesthetic, and he knows me better than even I know myself. Let's pray. God, I just pray that anyone listening to this would be aware of just how near you are. Um, In this season that's supposed to be so joyful, God, sometimes we feel the guilt of not feeling it, God. Sometimes we forget your love, and we forget how to accept it and feel it. So God, I just pray that um, each one of us would just allow you to come in and remind us of how much you really love us. God, I pray that we could genuinely feel your comfort, God, and even when we can't feel it because we're so in that pit, God, I, I pray that we're reminded that you sit in us with every single situation. God, you're there to just be with us, God. And I just pray that um, in this Christmas season, we're reminded of who you are. And God, that reminds us of who we are, God. And I pray that that just causes us to live in a place of comfort every single day. And that comfort reaches beyond ourselves, God. Thank you so much for who you are and what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.